Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Friendly discretion is advised. Stick with the art, Japanese animation. Welcome to the Otaku Host Club podcast. I am Amelia, and I am, of course, always joined here with Jeff and Dan. Hello there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, today we're getting into a little spicy topic um, that came up in our Discord server like last week or something, and uh, that one of our good friends brought up. So we you know we brought her on. Christelle's here. Hey. Yay. Yay. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about a, um, a little spicy topic, um, Nezuko and her big boobies and over-sexualization of uh, anime characters and, you know, everything that comes with that. <laughs> but uh, first, um, if you want to be a part of these spicy combos, um, head on into our Discord server. Link is in the show notes. And, you know, we have a couple new members, Courtney and Carl from the Strictly series. What's up, y'all? Oh. Hello. Yes. Hey. Welcome. And uh, aren't we going to collaborate soon? We are. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. And we have a new member, Johnny C, who is also our first patron. Yay! Oh my god. <sighs> what a love, you, Johnny. I hope, yeah. I hope Thank we get so to much. meet in real life one day. Oh yeah, because you know what? Dan said he was going to buy dinner. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That was a pretty sweet deal, if you ask me. <laughs> Talk about gonna, bang for your buck. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna choose the most expensive restaurant you can find. Yeah. <laughs> and if you would like to sh- support the show monetarily, we now have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/OtakuHostClub. Um, we have two tiers: a one dollar tip tier that gets you into that gets you a little shout out at the end of the episode, and we have a platinum mad tier that is five dollars that gets you into our special Discord chat, early access to episodes, and potential bonus content like an Evangelion big boy unboxing by little Jeffrey over there. Yeah, I'm excited to see that because I clearly I, I misunderstood what this Evangelion. I thought it was just like a little a little box set. Thing. Oh my, yeah, it's, it's, it's very large. <laughs> yeah, it is the biggest box really set I've ever seen. I think. Yeah, it's it's basically like the weight of ten albums. It feels like your whole ten ten vinyl discs oh yeah okay it's got some weight so jeff were you were you with me when we saw the the i think maybe it was the laser disc evangelion box set at at oticon and and we they were polite enough to actually unbox it and show us all what was inside is that a taco uh no oh it was a different place Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was it was a different place. It was a place that had had similar uh, similarly interesting things as Otaku Joe's, but was a little bit less '90s and more 2000s. Mm. Um, but 
But yeah, I was very impressed with this big Evangelion Laserdisc box set, and I, I, the thought flashed in my brain that, oh, you know, maybe I should get this just because, and then I thought, well, eh, do I really need need this? I don't really think so. Um, but now, you know, now there's a big DVD box set of similar scale and, and scope. I'm like, maybe I should get that. Oh, you know, got to see it. Well, if it's not sold out. Yeah, is it sold out yet? The, the first pre-order is sold out, so I think they're going to make more. Oh, be shit. Up. You got the first printed. Yeah, and there's there's one. They released a Blu-ray box set as well that's um, like a normal format size. That's what I was thinking of then. Okay. I think it has like all the same DVD, the Blu-rays and DVDs, just without the extra add-ons. Word. Because I've been I've been holding tight with my Platinum box set since I was in college, and I figured I didn't really need to upgrade from that. Maybe I do. Well, so I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting your unboxing video so I can see just how cool this is. I'm going to wear an apron and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like a, an opportunity for OnlyFans over there. <laughs> uh, but real quick, before we get into the episode, let's take a little break. back i want to know what everybody's been up to because christelle we haven't talked in a while you haven't been on in a while um man <laughs> what have i been watching mm-hmm. okay so i've been watching my favorite comfort anime inuyasha um you can basically just set it and forget it because nothing <laughs> happens in it <laughs> it's just some it's just some beautiful demons fighting each other <laughs> I'm only here for the Shoshomaru content. <laughs> and it sounds like an infomercial for uh, <laughs> for Inuyasha. Yeah, you know, I I haven't. Um, I I feel like I watched all of Inuyasha as a kid, at least because it was sporadically on at five in the morning on Adult Swim. Mm. Um, but I've never watched it as an adult in chronological order. So Netflix has the first mm. I don't know sixty episodes up on it. I think it's got like a oh, hundred and thirty episodes total. Um, I might have more than that because now there's that sequel, right, about the daughter. Yep. Um, mm. and. Honestly, I thought that my I thought, "Oh, this might be a slow burn," but oh my god, the pacing is just it's kind of slow in the first two seasons. So each season is 27 episodes. Um and I think there's 8 seasons. So y'all y'all do the math. 8? Mm-hmm. There's wow. 8 yeah, seasons. So what what is up with Netflix getting just the first half of really long series? Because they did this with Hunter x oh, Hunter too. I oh, know. Really? I was all like, "I'm done." What? That's so weird. And then Dan's like, "No, nah. like there's like an entire like hundred more episodes." And I was like, "What?" That's how I was done. That's how I beat Are it. Are they dubbing it as they go? Is that what it is? For Inuyasha. You mean it's been dubbed, right? Yeah, it's been dubbed. I don't think they're redubbing it. No. Mm -hmm. And then I've also been trying to dig into Revolutionary Girl Utena. uh, Courtesy courtesy of Jeff. Um, Yes. You're on your recommendation. And it's, uh, I gotta say, the first arc is very tedious, but I'm glad I'm through the first arc and now I'm into (laughs) (laughs) the second 
the second arc, the Black Rose Saga. Mm. Um, I'm kind of going into it blind, so I'm, I'm super hyped to see how this, uh, how the show tr- transforms because it's supposed to be surreal. It is very surreal. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff going on there that is very confusing. Mm-hmm. And I hope it just gets more confusing. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite are the gossip yeah. girls, like the girls that are that uh, recap what, what's happening. Those are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Have you yeah. heard? Was... Have you heard? Have you heard the news? <laughs> they they are honestly the only reason why I understand of anything <laughs> of this going on. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say. I'm oh, sorry, Amelia. Oh, I'll have to post. I made like a five foot by seven foot Utena painting. I'll have to post that in the Discord later because I love this. Series oh yeah, so, so, that's so a much. huge. That's a huge. Yeah, painting. I made three. Um, I made one of Revolutionary Girl Utena. I made one of um, Magic Knight Ray Earth, and um, I made one of my favorite favorite like OVA from the '90s. It's called Idol Project. Um, and it's about these idols that go to a different planet and have to impress the uh, the like ruler of the planet by their dancing and stuff. Um, it's really like niche or whatever. But um, yeah, I made three big giant paintings because those are the things that I loved at the time. I'll have to post them later. Yes, post them. I want to see them. Oh man, I think I think I took that took me like a year to get all three of them done. Mm, but I believe that big project. Yes. Yeah, I remember. I remember the Utena really well mm-hmm. in my mind because, like, super sparkly. Mm-hmm. You had like some really interesting paint layering going on. Yeah, that was I was really into this golden medium called clear tar gel, which like it looks like semen, but when it dries, it dries like candy clear. Like, like it looks like a candy coating. Mm-hmm. So I would mix a shit ton of glitter and then pour it on top of the surfaces and kind of like layer all the surfaces and stuff. Um, and subtitles, I really love subtitles, so all of the uh, paintings are like subtitled too. <laughs> With like subtitles that aren't depicting the um, the images or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, I remember that when I was watching Revolutionary Girl Lutina, it was a show where after every episode I had to kind of do a quick Google search online and look for some kind of exposition to explain it to me. Uh, lay out all the metaphors and what it was really trying to say. Mm. I think it is a, a really dense and artful show like that. And it gets, yeah, to me it, it really hits the high point when the shirtless guy that rides on the hood of his car shows up. And that's when it really like, oh. yeah, that's when shit gets real. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Hot boys everywhere. Yeah. The, the film is, is exceptionally good as well. Maybe that's what I'm. And I think that's also where the the guy on the hood of the car is used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's two very yeah. similar scenes. Yeah. They like redo it. Okay. So is there like a recommended watch order for this franchise? Hmm. I watched oh, the movie I've first, and then the TV series. Is the movie? different than the TV series? I've never seen the movie. Um, the movie, I feel like, is very, very condensed and it kind of only like highlights um, Utena and the uh, and Anthe, their relationship, mm-hmm. kind of. And then the series gets into like, it's kind of like a teen drama where like you get a little bit of everyone's perspective of everything that's going on right. at the same yeah, time yeah, yeah. kind of thing.
<laughs> yeah, two very different shows. Uh, Utena and, uh, and uh, Inuyasha. Inuyasha. Yeah. Yeah, Inu- I feel like Inuyasha is, like, if you watch Ranma, it's like, with Ranma, at least, there's, it's sort of a, just episodic and not very much an overarching plot. Mm-hmm. And if they had just made Inuyasha with a salad, just like, this is what happens, and this is a narration, you know, the, you follow the story as it goes, it would be a lot more tolerable i think in my opinion yeah it does make a big difference um changing the lens of inuyasha from a shonen anime which it's not shonen it doesn't try to be shonen um to to watching it as a romance anime um because the pacing is really slow for an action anime uh and there there is a lot of like monster of the week type of you know uh that's episodic right um Mm -hmm. Especially in especially in the first um, the first season and a half. Uh, so, but I'm still waiting for some of those longer arcs that I know is coming. Um, I feel like I've only seen Shoshomaru for like five episodes <laughs> out of the sixty that I've mm. watched. But he has a really great uh, sort of like uh, I, I wouldn't say redemption arc, but that kind of story. What about everyone else? What is, what is everyone else got on their plate? So, I need to bring something up. Oh, geez. Because I got... I'm, I'm caught up on most of my seasonals. Actually, like, as of today, I'm caught up on all my seasonals. So, I'm kind of, like, just, like, waiting for each episode to come out. I'm like, can we hurry up, please? You know? Um, so, I was like, I need something else to watch. Um, and I was talking with a coworker, and they were like, you know what? You should watch ranking of kings because it's um really good and it was on gigax like whatever top anime of the year whatever and oh really jeff uh, jeff recommended it i feel like you watched like an epi- a couple episodes or something uh i'm watching it every week okay so it's it's my favorite thing right now okay so that's that's current yeah i know i've only watched really? one okay. so i've Fuck. only watched one episode it's not it for me. It's really not it for me. <laughs> like, at all. Like, everyone is posting how much they love this little prince baby, and I'm just not here for it. <laughs> yeah, it's an epic of sorts. I don't know. Hmm. I am clearly in the wrong because everyone loves it so much, but I just think I cannot handle the, like, medieval fantasy land plus... A tiny baby as the blue protagonist. <laughs> I just cannot handle it. <laughs> mm. So, is it, when you say this is an epic, Jeff, uh, is this an epic in the sense of like deep rooted political intrigue and philosophy, or uh, epic because it's got big epic battle scenes? Um, a little bit of a little bit of all of that, but it's. It's not so heavy-handed in that regard. It's like the main the main protagonist is this is not really a spoiler, but he gets sort of exiled and and like his brother, they're both so him and his brother are both in line to be king, and mm-hmm. the younger the older brother who is smaller in stature and is like weak, he's supposed to be the the next line, um, but it doesn't work out that way because they don't see him as being cut out for it. And there's, yeah, so things get twisted up. Think of uh, Game of Thrones and Godfrey. 
Well, I mean, Joffrey, the little rather. boy can't understand that this this little creature thing is stealing his clothes. Like, yes, I get and the it. main character is is. Uh, he's. I get it though. He's deaf. He's yeah. Amused. He's deaf. Yeah. <clears throat> so that that whole that whole part of it really interests me as well because you don't get to see, I guess, a character like that portrayed and like how they. Mm-hmm how they adapt to their environment. Mm-hmm. There's like that mm. realism involved with this show. It's kind of neat. You would think mm. I would like that. Cause I do really love n- regular television like that. Like I love atypical. Um, it's a show on Netflix um, about an autistic kid. Um, I loved switched at birth and it was about um, two girls. One was deaf and one was hearing and they got switched at birth and the family had to figure out how to deal with a deaf child. Um, Mm -hmm. I love anything that's like a TV show that kind of highlights people um, that have certain disabilities and how they, how they handle themselves throughout the show and how they overcome things. So like, I feel like I should like this one, but it's too storybook for me. It's the same reason why I don't like Mirai. It's just like too fairy tale, fantastical, like, I don't know vibe. Yeah, demon the underworld. There's an underworld. There's um, uh, demons and things like that. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. To your point, it's like it looks. If you just look at the imagery for it, you're like, this is totally just a fucking child's, you know, storybook. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of adult themes in it. It's not. It's. It doesn't. It it, it uh, hides that element pretty well. Mm. The fact that it's a little deeper than that, you just got to give it a moment to get through the first two three episodes. I was hooked from the from the get go, mm-hmm. so I'm probably I'll probably you know I'm gonna keep watching it until it's over. Mm-hmm. It's a wit studio thing too. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I'll I'll watch it sometime. I think you'd like it, Dan. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to hype it too much. Cause then you like, you'll watch it and play. Like, I hate it. No, this is okay. <laughs> but nah, go, go check it out when you get a chance. Yeah. Well, at the moment I've been making my way through get a robo G, which I don't really have much to say about cause it's pretty boring, but I'm. <laughs> have you started jobless? Driven. Hmm. 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 No, jobless. because I'm also watching uh, last year's season of My Hero Academia. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. I, I really enjoy My Hero Academia. I feel like it has lost its luster to everyone else in my life. Uh, everyone, the hype has died down. Everybody seems to be over it. But I'm, I'm still looking forward to every episode and seeing what happens next and, mm. and how all the different characters play out. I've been, as I've been watching Demon Slayer, I've been reflecting on how Demon Slayer is objectively a better show, but My Hero Academia is the one that sits a little bit better with me. You know, like I, I like Demon Slayer just fine, but I would not think of myself as being a meaningful fan of this franchise. Even though, like, when I'm watching this newest season, I'm, like, at the edge of my seat. Uh, the animation looks incredible. It, like, looks so good. It looks the way, like, you, when, you we were talking. You have a Tanjiro plush in your background. Yeah, but that's, that's because it's a happy memory more than uh, mm-hmm. my, oh, yeah? my attachment to Tanjiro. How'd you, how, how, how'd you get it? With your help, <laughs> I couldn't have gotten it without you. Know, we got right? it at round one up in you Towson know, together. I've literally been trying to get this card captor Sakura thing that looks just like the Tanjiro thing 
I've spent a hundred dollars in this machine and she will not she will not go through the oh, that sucks it's what the hell? so frustrating what the hell? They have do they it have a, it as a ticket prize they have it too? in a really like, bad machine like the the machine that they set uh, it up in isn't meant for that prize and i keep asking for a reset and they're like okay and then they reset it terribly like they don't want to give these things away <laughs> anyway continue uh, that's so frustrating um but yeah yeah i've been thinking about yeah, why? So, uh, what I was going to say is in our, our previous discussion of Attack on Titan, we were talking about how the 3D animation looks not as smooth as I wish it did. When I watch Demon Slayer, I think this is this is the way I want 3D panning to look. It looks so natural and it looks so alive. Uh, and it, it is just leaping off the screen at, at you. Fight choreography is tremendous. You know, the music really. Uh, so booming and it's so epic uh so why is it that this show just doesn't like immediately like the day after i'm done watching it i'm like yeah okay whatever i've moved on (laughs) um but with my hero academia even though it's it's not really as good a show uh still i'm like always thinking about the key the key scenes the big scenes and i i think a lot of it is just that my hero academia is just so straightforward genre exercise and it, it just like really hits the emotional tone that I like in the same way that like Naruto and, and Bleach do and stuff like that. Demon Slayer, I think, tries hard to be a little bit more than just a genre exercise thematically, you know, and it, it tries to be a little bit more broad in its thematic strokes and, and a little bit more emotional depth to it, a little bit more emotional nuance to it. Which makes it a better show, but also, like, I just want people to yell about their fighting spirit, and Demon Slayer doesn't really do that, and My Hero Academia does, and that's why I like it more, I think. And Demon Slayer, they just yell about their fighting spirit internally while they're breathing. You know. Well, Tanjiro does, but the other ones don't don't really yell about their fighting spirit that much. Tengen what Tengen was yelling in these this newest episode. Well, I'll say our our guy uh, the Flame Hashiro. What was his name again? Ren Goku. Yeah. Ren Goku. Yeah, our guy Ren Goku does, and he he was a fucking great A character. I was thinking. Oh my God. I was talking with with my friend Finn. I was like, dude, Stop I love guys Ren like Goku. Ren Goku. Christelle's gonna cry. You're making God, I Ren love Goku. guys like Ren Goku, and I I like I like guys that I like Why? characters that just have this like you know simple and straightforward and and just like full of of their like manly energy and whatnot. I feel like I like that because I, you know, I wish I was energetic and, and, you know, straightforward like this. Instead, I'm like lazy and brooding all the time. <laughs> yeah. I just, I want to be Rengoku, but instead I'm like a different Hashira. You know? um, <laughs> but yeah, I've also been watching Michiko and Hachin, which is this random show from the early two thousands. Uh, that features some of the staff from Cowboy Bebop. And that is immediately apparent as you watch this show. I got into it, was tipped off to this because my friend my friend Finn here is, was watching it. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll watch it too and we can talk about it. And it's really fucking good. And it's very similar. It's, it's a very similar vein of Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo in terms of its storytelling and character building and its uh, use of music. And while Samurai Champloo and Cowboy Bebop are like really, really close, like very parallel kind of things, I feel like um, 
Michigo and, and Hachin is not quite as artful. It's like a little bit, a little bit perpendicular, a little bit. Um, it uh, is not quite as artful and concise and like tightly crafted as the other two, but it's very similar. Like these two women are kind of escaping these negative situations and they're searching for an individual and they have this giant road trip throughout South America and they have, you know, these episodic moments of, you know, adventure and action and emotion and comedy. And there's a little bit of an overarching uh, storyline that ties it all together um, so it feels very similar. It feels very comfortable. And I, I think this is a great watch. If you are into shows like Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo, uh, this is one that I, I think is maybe forgotten by time, but is yeah definitely worth going back and watching. Yeah. I remember downloading that on Fansub um, mm. back in the day. and they, But I never finished it like I usually do. That's, that's typical of me. But I remember liking the um the art style a lot of it a lot of the the colors used were uh kind of like wasn't it was it set in like rio or something like that or brazil it's set, brazil. set yeah it's supposed to be in brazil but it's it's kind of like you know a fictitious brazil you know right right are you uh, are you watching the dub or the sub subtitle i've been trying to watch it on funimation with funimation app sucks so much ass that I've given up on watching it on the Funimation app and I just uh, watch it on gogoanime.pe <laughs> Literally, I'm sorry but some but like gogo anime works for me way more than Funimation yes like, same I'm gonna give mm. up on Funimation this is sad soon. here soon the only reason that is keeping me is that I can watch it on a TV and I don't have to go to like uh, my computer <laughs> I also watched Sing a Bit of Harmony in theaters a second time, and I've talked about that extensively on the Discord, so I won't ramble about it here, but this movie is a 10 out of 10 for me, and if you didn't Damn. go see it, I'm, I feel bad for you. Damn. Catch it on the DVD. You Catch think, it on the bootleg. Yeah. Uh, you think they're going to stream it on Funimation? They must. I forgot yeah. if the, yeah, I, I think they, they must. Be. I would hope so. Yeah, we might do a comparison to this movie with Belle. We, uh, Amelia and Dan and I, and I, we went to see Belle, mm. Beauty and the Beast, basically, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> in theaters. Uh, yeah, we, this this movie was not the Beauty; it was just the Beast. It was just the Beast. <laughs> yeah, we all I think we all had mixed feelings about mm-hmm. it, but um, yeah, maybe we'll get into a full discussion about it at some point. What have you been watching, Jeff? I think it's worth it. Um, some seasonal stuff. I got, my list is just growing, growing and I have not finished it. You know, I realized that GTO wasn't finished, Dan, and I had like four episodes. Left. Really? <laughs> really? You never saw the ending of Great Teacher Onizuka? Yeah. And I, I just binged it. I was like, all right, I need to fucking finish this. So I just, <laughs> I sat down and finished it and it made me feel really good. I'm yeah, like, you're right. Yeah. They need more GTO because it didn't, they, you could tell like they rushed it just to make it feel complete, but it, they could, they could keep going. Oh, uh, not yeah. a good so payoff? Many, it's not bad, but it's not bad. there's, you know, there, there's like, they only cover half the manga and they clearly, you know, ended it at an arbitrary point at an arbitrary point mm-hmm. that makes sense, but an arbitrary point because they weren't going to adapt the entire manga. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't, as anime only endings go, I don't think this is a bad one. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's solid. It's a, it's a satisfying ending, but yeah. yeah, I'd like to see the rest. Spoiler alert. He, uh, Onizuka ends up in America, America, America. Yes. I guess he goes on some kind of journey like Joe did in Ashita no Joe, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, he gets transferred somewhere else. So that, I would want to see him in America. I think that would be funny as fuck. What seasonals uh, you watching? Of course, it's going to be racist, but, huh? Huh? What seasonals are you watching? Um, uh, let's see, Bisco. Okay. Sabi Kui Bisco. Okay. I'm really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. It's only three episodes in, yep. but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. I find the CG then, in that one yeah. to be like, it's off-putting at first, but I feel like it works within the world, even though it looks mm. bad. You know, it looks bad, but I get it and I accept it. But I don't know. I have. Yeah, I, I accept it too. I, I accept you know, it too. I, just accept so I think all the 2D animation is acceptable mm-hmm. and and solid. But like the crab, the large crab, <laughs> yeah. looks just like it. They're just like we're gonna throw in some old CG of this crab <laughs> walking around. Yeah, yeah it looks it looks cool. I, I, I'm uh, actually. They released the manga that it's based off of just recently, or just in the last month, I think. Mm. And uh, I might pick that up because I think the art style and that looks really solid. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it makes me think of like the Trigon era, late '90s mm. era. Speaking of, of that of that time, um, you know, it has a cyberpunk element. But also uh, post-apocalyptic too, mm-hmm. and then these mushrooms grow. Um, people keep comparing it to Dora Hidora because of the mushrooms, huh. but they serve they serve as a different mm. they serve differently. Yeah. The mushrooms actually eat this disease called rust, and this guy is out to like save save the world. I guess that's what it's leading to be in my in my eyes. Um, so he goes from city to city to spread these large mushrooms. He shoots arrows out of shoots arrows, and then the mushrooms sprout mm-hmm. wherever it lands. Yeah, it's a little destructive, though. Yep, just a, just a tiny bit. <laughs> it's a little, just a tiny it's a little bit destructive. <laughs> no, I'm definitely enjoying that one. But yeah, it's a it's kind of a quiet. Would you say it's a quiet seasonal? Uh, now I don't watch a whole lot of seasonals, but this seems kind of quiet. This this well, so winter. Um, when I was looking over the seasonal chart like a couple weeks ago, I was like, "Bitch, there is nothing to watch." I'm watching four things, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my list now is at up to nine. I'm watching nine seasonal like things oh, damn. because wow. like there's so many things that are just like really exceptional right now like um a cabbie's sailor uniform oh my god mm-hmm. the animation is movie quality like it's insane mm. and the girls like the girl that you follow she is so goddamn cute i just want to give her a hug like she is so cute um and uh what else my dress up darling i've been watching that mm-hmm. oh my god my favorite girl of the year i'm calling it now like the girl Marin, she is so cool and cosplays like the whole thing is like this boy is really into these like japanese style dolls that his family makes and he's been learning to make these dolls um 
throughout his entire life. And he's now gotten to the point where he can like kind of paint face as well. And um, he knows how to sew clothes and stuff. So this girl like finds him in the sewing room because the sewing machine breaks and he needs to make clothes. And anyway, so she finds out that he knows how to sew. She is a terrible seamstress. Like she does not know how to cosplay whatsoever. So he, she asks him for help and um, they go on a shopping spree. They buy a bunch of stuff because she wants to cosplay an anime character from a lewd visual novel. Oh. So antics ensue, um, and she's just basic. She's just like the coolest person. Like um, she's very matter of fact about what she likes. Like why it nothing to her seems weird or like out there. She's like interested in discussing like anything that you want to talk about. Um, she's very open to it, and uh, like he had a childhood friend like stop being friends with him because he liked dolls, and she didn't think that he should like dolls, and. Um, Marin like mentions that like oh if you like it I want to know more about it like I want to know why you like it and you know like all the things about it and he's like so taken aback by her kindness that it like he like starts to develop a crush on her and it's so fucking cute <laughs> yeah if you if you want to see uh, a character male character uh, take sizes of a, a half naked girl yep. Like, it's so horny. This is the horniest show. I fucking love it. I love it I so much. <laughs> I love it so she's much. Like, how could I How can I do this without touching her? Yeah. It's like, she's taking the bus size and then the shoulders. It's like so, it's just so over the top for, 30, for 25 minutes. They're like, please just fucking take the measurements, I know. Please. What's up with these, what, what's up with these, like, timid, horny guys? Like, just fucking do something. Like, <laughs> like she's hot. You're hot. Let's get together. What are you doing? Yeah. She gives me Orimo vibes. I know why I love her so much. There's actually, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure there's a rumor that, because um, I haven't read the manga, but I'm pretty sure that she cosplays as Kuroneko. So if that is true, oh. she is literally the best girl entire world, hands down. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I guess maybe second to Kuroneko herself. Okay. But, oh my God. She's so calling she, it. She's actually my background. I made her my background on my phone. Aww. She's so fucking cute. Okay, anyway. Yeah, this is totally your anime, it is. Amelia. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm checking it out too. It's <laughs> it's it's not up my alley, but it's it's like it's just the, the amount of fan service, which we'll be talking about later, mm-hmm. is out of, like it's just on another scale, yeah. another level. Much like um Jobless Reincarnation, yep. which I jumped on that hype train. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, as you know, Amelia. Oh my god! Um, which is it's a fun. It's I could talk about that show forever. Yeah, yeah, visually really good. So stunning. Yeah, stunning. major major fan service, much like Demon Slayer, apparently. Oh yes! <laughs> oh shit! So Cristela brought up a point that she had a conversation with some of her friends offline IRL (laughs) (laughs) yes believe it or not these interactions do occur IRL and then brought it to the to the online to the line is that what the kids say to the line is that what the kids say 
No, I'm just making shit up. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, there was a viral tweet um, on Nezuko because in this newest epi- episode of Demon Slayer, and also, by the way, spoilers for Demon Slayer. So if you have not seen the second season, the Entertainment District arc, uh, spoilers ahead. Um, we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this because we cannot talk about this topic without doing so. Um, but uh, so Nezuko grows some boobies some big old boobies youths just like a uh, tenkin's wives all of tenkin's wives <laughs> all three of and, them and um <laughs> yeah so um we were trying we were discussing like what um like what makes like creators want to like make like over sexualized women you know yeah and I feel like there's many like many angles, many approaches to this topic. Yeah, but you I can talk about wanna... Japanese culture. Yep. You know yeah. the history of well, the history of sex in general. Yeah. So I <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to base it around this tweet, this like tweet about Nezuko. Um, and if my fucking computer could stop. Yeah, I, I actually think the tweet is the the least interesting angle of this topic because I, I it boggles my mind that anybody would see this in context and think that this is some like weird fan servicey yeah thing. Yeah, if you, if you are on the anime Twitter, you have seen this tweet go around by Professor Soyboy. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if this person actually watches anime. Um, they do because their takes on anime are spicy after like after this tweet they're all spicy so I don't want to call him out specifically but like this tweet I think is there are so many things wrong with it that like I cannot not say anything about it (laughs) Um, so here's the tweet it's basically a picture of Tengen in front of his wives and then Nezuko in her big boobied I'm a full ass demon form. And the tweet says, I've taught classes of nine to 12 year old girls who all love anime and think Demon Slayer is the coolest thing in the world. And if you think designing female characters like this isn't sending them a weird message, please touch grass. Nezuko is 14 and this shit is legit harmful. I will not engage with any defense of Nezuko's design. That is, oh, that's her adult form. Demon Slayer Season 2 has such great art. There's no reason not to do better here. Tengen's wives are so dope and their tittyfication is just such lazy, poor design. Hot take. Um, So, spicy take. Um, Number one, like, this is... Demon Slayer is a fictional world set in a different time. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I think anime... I mean, anime in general, you know, we're talking about... And this is a key phrase that I've latched on to. Uh, you know, the impression of human beings, you know. Like, it's, it's not that these people are supposed to be portrayed in some hyper-realistic manner, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, kind of the impression of, of humans. You know, we're not actually, like, in no, in no you know, real-life scenario are we sending 14-year-olds or 12-year-olds or whatever into, you know, like, sword warfare against supernatural <laughs> creatures. Yeah. You know, like, even even if we had to do sword w- warfare with supernatural creatures, we'd be sending people in their 20s 
because that's when you're at your physical, you know, in your 20s and 30s, that's when you're at your physical peak, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's, that's why I question, like, do you even watch anime? Like, (laughs) the, the the general idea is that you should always add 10 years onto any given character's age. And because I don't know why Japan just wants bad, you know, bad things to happen to little kids, but (laughs) just, just like add 10 years onto their age and suddenly everything about them from their character design to their worldview to their life choices seems a lot more reasonable and Mm -hmm. realistic um and in the same way like yeah every anime show has girls with big boobs and guys that are really muscular and hot not because these people are like you know not because in real life they would by default have giant you know boobs but because this is the impression of human beings and they're supposed to be like oh his wives are really hot you know just think of a generic hot girl you know, and like, oh, Nezuko's all grown up. See, now she like has accentuated features of femininity, you know, because she's an adult now, you know, and this is how we, you know, like broadcast the idea that like, oh, suddenly she's turned into an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take one look at her character design. It's immediately obvious. Like she's got big boobs. She's a foot taller. Her hair's changed. She's grown a horn. Her face became less round and more like sleek. Oh, mm-hmm. clearly she's an adult now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's like uh, I just, A, I don't see it as being this like weird sexualization thing in the first place and B, like I feel like, yeah, you're just like approaching it from from the wrong angle in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, well, and I, it, it, I take it, I take it, especially Demon Slayer, the ladies of Demon Slayer, I take it as like an empowerment because these people are badass. Like they are fighting like supernatural creatures that are clearly like overpowered. They're overpowered and they're in this world, like holding their own. I don't think it matters what they're wearing. I think it's just more about like feeling powerful and feeling like you can do like better for the people that you love. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think that um, in the context of Specifically talking about the context of this tweet, this particular screenshot of uh, Nezuko comes at a point in the battle where uh, Tanjiro is incapacitated Mm -hmm. and she really has to step up her game to protect Tanjiro or, you know, protect humanity in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is also the same thing that happened in episode 19 of the first season, like the big moment, you know, right. She had to, she had to rise above the occasion because Tanjiro wasn't, couldn't help anyone at that point, you know? Yeah. And, and this like transformation is with in the surrounding context is not sexualized at all mm-hmm. like zero yeah. percent sexualization the only thing sexual quote unquote about this particular screenshot is the fact that she's got big boobs mm-hmm. and if you you it's like i can't you know i can't help some 35 year old teacher in the middle of the u.s like projecting this sexualization on top of a female body like that that's i can't do anything about that like that's mm-hmm. y'all's problem that's not the problem of mm-hmm. Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah or the creator you know like who is who is a female by the way so yeah <laughs> yeah like it's like what's more damaging the uh these japanese cartoons or like american sitcoms and ads that 
you know, are, are thrown upon teens and like to set beauty standards for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dress a certain way. Yeah. Well, that that's, that's another angle of this tweet that, that surprises me because we, we, he references the idea that, Oh, there are like, uh, what does he say? Hold on a second. That there are nine to 12 year old girls that watch Nezuko, who's supposed to be 12 years old, and feel like, oh, you know, why don't I have big boobies too? And it's like, Nezuko's dead. And she's a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like when I, was, when I was 10 years old, I was watching Dragon Ball Z, and it's not like I was looking at Gohan and feeling like, oh, why don't I have big muscles? You know, like I do, do little kids actually pay attention to the specific ages of these characters and compare themselves to them? That is not the least bit obvious to me in any way. I like, I I have seen nothing that would lead me to that idea from my own, from my own life. Mm -hmm. Very little from my friends' lives. I have seen no indication of that from my friends' kids. I just like, and I, I get that it's not like maybe it's not a conscious thing, but like a subconscious thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I'm I'm just not convinced that there are you know ten year old kids watching Demon Slayer and feeling bad about themselves because they totally pay attention to the fact that Nezuko is twelve years old and looks different than them. Like I, I'm not I. I'm not saying that that's impossible, but I'm saying somebody's got to prove that to me a little bit more than just like claiming that, that this happens. Like there are well, so many other anime that you could claim this on, you know, yeah. that actually yeah. do over-sexualize women, you know, like. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I think Demon Slayer is like such a random uh, segue into this topic because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't, I, there are many other anime that are, guilty of this demon slayer I, I don't think is one of them and know? and we've seen on anime twitter arguments pop up i feel like every six months to a year of of body image issues in anime mm-hmm. and whether it's through cosplaying especially like poc cosplaying or mm-hmm. um uh other like fan service the ship wars um people being super you know um i don't <laughs> even know if i'm allowed i, I don't even know if Do i'm it. allowed to, to say this on this show Do but it. if we're gonna you know people talking about lollycon mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um incest ships and and what was that anime where that like but that that character was like a thousand years old, but she looked like she was eight. Um, that really got around on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you do you remember what mm-hmm. show that is? <laughs> no, but I, I do feel like this is a a trope. The idea of like, oh, it's totally okay, you know, to like make this poor you know fan pornography of this character that looks like a eight year old because secretly she's a one thousand year old demon <laughs> that totally makes her a consenting adult and all of this imagery is appropriate then. Yeah. yeah. So whatever guy. So this <laughs> so this kind of like argument circulates and I really just think that like the only reason why this tweet got as much attention as it did and why we are giving it attention now <laughs> is because it's very topical. Demon mm-hmm. Slayer is one of the most popular animes on on the fucking streaming platform on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um 
the uh and this is it's just Oof. it just caught fire so yeah i agree that this isn't this isn't really the best medium to have a discussion around character design and specific body types being used or overly used in character design because we could talk about that in other series for sure yeah mm-hmm. and to jeff's point too you know when we think of shows american sitcom shows that are traditionally marketed towards teenagers of which i am a huge fan most of these shows you know like uh you know, dawson's creek mm-hmm. or um you know one tree hill gossip girl whatever you know riverdale you know we were just watching the other day these kids are supposed to be in high school they look like the hottest 20 somethings you've ever seen in your <laughs> Literally. life these people are not high schoolers you know, like I, I think there's a stronger argument to be made that casting hunky adults into the roles of high schoolers and does more to prop up unrealistic beauty standards in the U.S. Mm-hmm. than anime does. This, I, you know, this this feels to me like the uh, the argument that like, oh, you know, violent video games produce mass shootings or whatever, like. Oh, if you, you know, mm-hmm. but, but we all know that's not true. You know, like that's just some bullshit. Uh, uh not the APA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, GPA yeah, did it, make people do that, do stuff. <clears throat> the, the APA recently came out with a statement, um, a policy statement on violent video games and it's a, it's effect on people that their, they, their argument is that there is an increase. Anyways, this is kind of a detraction. Uh, there is, is this, is this a real study? Send the link, Stella. send them the link. Yeah. Yeah, Let me send you the link real quick. Cause it's, um, it's interesting and it's a kind of a revision of what they had said in 2015. Um, let me put it in the chat. The chat. Um, so basically, I'll, I'll point out some some highlights on this on this statement the American Psychological put put out in 2020. Um, this is kind of revising their their 2015 resolution and um. And also talking about some stuff that they said in twenty in two thousand five, they said that the the research that they did since the two thousand five resolution showed a direct effect um, of violent video games in terms of um, aggressive con- con- cognitions and aggressive effect mm. as outcomes of it. But they go on to say that aggression and violence is not. Um, is not the same similarly defined in like uh, like criminology. It's mm-hmm. not like uh, epidemiologists, criminal criminologists, physicians, mm-hmm. and other mm-hmm. and others approach aggression, quote unquote, and violence from different perspectives than psychologists. Mm-hmm. So I really, I then I don't really understand like <laughs> what exactly this resolution does, but they are making an argument where. Um, they it may support some sort of aggressive or violent thinking patterns. Those, those fucking traitors, man! I thought they were uh, down. I thought they, I thought they were, they were, were on down our side. Too. But there God. are tons of stuff out there that says that, like, 
you know, social media's effect on um, on teenage girls' body image is yeah, is wow, harmful. Yeah. And yeah. when you use when you use IRL people to sell products saying, hey, just buy this product and you'll look like me, that is damaging. Yeah. I think the question is, you know, that that is where we should be focusing our discussion is in weaponizing body image in that way. And like Nezuko's not selling anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> truth, truth. She's not selling shit. <laughs> Uh, and neither are uh, the majority of these uh, of like fan service animes. I mean, they're selling mm-hmm. entertainment yeah. for a specific market that is, is it's probably not including nine to twelve year olds. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's and yeah. and there's probably a lot of argument here to talk about. Like, you know, what we really need to be doing is focusing on media literacy and to go even further when you're talking about fan service stuff or hentai is talking about porn literacy, which is a relatively mm-hmm. new concept in um, sexual education circles uh, that people want to start pushing um, mm. because, you know, everybody's got a phone these days and 12 year olds be looking at porn. So mm-hmm. 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 they don't even need woods porn anymore. You just down, you know, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> just Google it. It's easy as that. Yeah. Hey Siri. Um, hope no one has a radio on. Yeah, <laughs> speakers right now. <laughs> Siri, porn. show me some boobies. That's <laughs> <laughs> pops up. Hey Siri, what are yeah? <laughs> so the yeah another angle. I I was you know reading some other discussions about it. Uh, and I, well, look, Siri's talking to me. <laughs> Siri. She, uh, I'm not talking to you. Uh, but no, this just that there's nothing wrong with the fact that this character Nezuko has large boobs. Uh, it's just this person is saying it's boring that her body in that form exists only to look hot, and that's this this other perspective that you know, like they didn't really give her anything to do. She's just like loose and wild and like blood there's bloodlust and she's got big breasts and like uh, uh, like and then and then she's tame once again when she changes form um you know it's sort of like well what else what else does she have agency like is she you know this will that change later on in the manga or in the in the anime where she's capable of of being you know conscious of what she's doing that makes sense mm. you know berserk you think of like berserk like he has he has a similar f- bloodlust and rage and uh the main character in, in berserk uh, guts um you know but he's obviously not growing i guess his, his dick doesn't get bigger <laughs> you know or like he's no, not his like clothes that. don't burst <laughs> off you know, he's got a big sword, which is maybe an indication of a big dick, but I don't know, like, you know, a different, different portrayal with the same, maybe. You know, that is I, I could argue that he does have, like, his character design does go more hyper-masculine when he goes into the, mm. in, in that, what is it, the suit, the, the dog berserker, suit. The berserker oh, yeah, armor. Yeah. Berserker armor, yeah. But there's way more, there's more themes going on there. Yeah. I, I would like to expand on that point, Jeff, that you were talking about how like, 
oh, maybe it's a little bit boring because, oh, look, her hair's all, her hair's all out and, like, her boobs are all out and, like, she's just this wild, uncontrollable girl, like, does that reinforce um, historical messages of uh, women's femininity being um, uncontrollable or a threat? Does that reinforce those kinds of messages? What do you think about that? Right. Like the Amazon, the crazy yes, Amazon. Yeah. The crazy Amazon girl. You know, y- yeah. y'all are, are, you're smarter than me. I'm a simple person. <laughs> I take things, as we know on this podcast, I take, take things very, very literally, literal. you know? Very so I, I'm, I'm sitting here feeling like, well, yeah, she doesn't have any agency if you watch the fucking show. She's a starving <laughs> demon, you know? Like, uh, you know, like, I don't... I don't see her growth and her wildness as being an issue of the the Amazonian portrayal of of crazy you know, this like odd, yeah crazy oh this crazy girl it's like the dude she's a fucking starving demon of course she acts all crazy and shit you know? <laughs> like, I mean if yeah. you were starving you know you'd probably act like that too I don't know if you'd grow boobs mm. I mean I, but. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that metaphors don't exist or symbology doesn't mm-hmm. exist but I'm. I'm saying that the Demon Slayer is not some deep, you know, like like when when femininity is is portrayed in Revolutionary Girl Lutina in a variety of different ways, you know that mm-hmm. that is, you know, it's symbology. It is saying something different than it's what you're literally seeing on screen. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it is a a show that is is you know a little bit more high minded and artistic. Demon Slayer is not that show. It's just a genre exercise action show there's not great you know there's not big metaphor there's not big symbology in my opinion it i think you can take everything in that show at relative face value mm-hmm. don't overthink yeah. it yeah yeah well i think that's why this show is good it, i i don't think there's any underlining you know question of like morality or ethics or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. philosophical ideas that are just oh we got to sit down and really like write a paper about it because yes you know it's very simple and straight to the point um but I, th- I just think it's interesting that people are able to critique things to this level and perhaps like maybe that's what we need in society and like we can look at it from all the different perspectives but you know if, if it's created in a bubble, not a bubble, like, you know, in Japan, they create these, they create art and create animation that's for Japanese audience. And we're like a very Puritan religious, or at least it used to be society. And I think mm-hmm. we have a hard time with that. I think we have a hard time grappling with that. Mm-hmm. We're a bunch of prudes. And yeah. <laughs> we're just a bunch of prudes. Everybody's a bunch yeah. of prudes. Let trying to pro- out. project our, our values on a on a Japanese product for the Japanese people whose culture that we don't understand yeah. or <laughs> I mean or my policy is ha- always tits out I'm just saying yeah <laughs> yeah well, that we had help that we had help in creating essentially yeah yeah I think what's more important is highlighting shows that express femininity well like revolutionary girl lutena like why aren't we highlighting these shows that are portraying women like empowered and uh powerful more than like criticizing something that you don't have anything you don't know anything about 
Mm, you know, and sense. highlighting the moments that don't even, that's not what Demon Slayer is about. Demon Slayer isn't about boobs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my dress up, darling, maybe a little bit about boobs. You could criticize that show all you want. You know what I mean? But, like, it's because of tweets like this that people don't get to see what, like, the potential of anime can be. You know? Mm, mm. They're not Agreed. Like, they're not like highlighting things that are doing things right. They're only criticizing. Uh, yeah. It makes, it's That's just rage bait. Yeah. Maybe this tweet is just okay. rage bait and I fell for it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I didn't realize that it was such a big issue topic on Twitter. I mean, I'm not on Twitter that off on that much, but there's a whole like stratus, you know, sphere of Twitter that I don't I just not really cognizant of mm. aware of hmm. well time on Twitter so. moves fast so this tweet was this tweet is like I don't know a week or so oh old God. and and by the time you listen. listeners are hearing <laughs> this episode it's like basically three years ago in Twitter yeah. time <laughs> yeah that's true right because I remember Nancy Nancy Reagan stuff was so big on Twitter for all of like 24 hours 48 hours Morgan and I were having having a good laugh about that and what well, that's ancient history now does anybody even know what I'm talking about no <laughs> I don't this was a, a memoir that got published that described Nancy Reagan in in uh, very uh, lurid her very lurid sexual history in Hollywood, and it led oh. to a mm. lot of amazing, incredible memes about <laughs> Nancy Reagan. Oh, but oh this this the, well the, this spawned this spawned off because of um, that that fucking guy Ben Shapiro's sister. Um, or I guess it's not fair to think of Ben Shapiro's sister who is a media personality in her, of her own right as being just this guy's sister. Uh, Abby Shapiro, I think her name is. She made a, a quote, um, put it, made a tweet that was comparing Nancy Reagan to Madonna and saying like, oh, you know, why can't women be like Nancy Reagan? You know, like, look at Madonna. She's so trashy. And um, then I was like, no, I actually, Nancy Reagan apparently was quite trashy herself and is also dead and Madonna is still alive and still kicking ass. So, so I want to bring some attention to the second half of this tweet storm, um, which is a picture of an adult female cosplayer cosplaying Nezuko in her like adult demon form. Mm-hmm. Mm. Spicy. And it's a spicy photo. It's very spicy. And it's it only like, fans bait, I'm sure. I don't know what the link in the bio is going to. I actually didn't <laughs> click on the original tweet, but people are apparently are very mad at this woman um cosplaying Nezuko in her in her full demon form. I um, mean she's hot, so she's very hot. Some of the criticizing tweets tweets are stuff like don't disrespect Nezuko with this shit or she's 14 bro and Nezuko (laughs) is literally 12 so first of all nobody knows how the fuck old Nezuko (laughs) is and I would like to state that she is dead and a (laughs) shapeshifter so it doesn't really matter Um, but I feel like we see this come up in cosplay discourse um them cosplayers uh 
people of color, cosplaying. Everybody gets fucking slack for cosplaying all mm-hmm. the fucking time. This is no different than that. It's kind of a sh- it's 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 a shame that this is also part of the tweet storm for Nezuko. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to support this lady and everything that she does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> 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 I don't have a point. <laughs> this is well, like this is these are these are things that like make me mad when people criticize what people want to do with their own bodies, like. She can clearly cosplay whatever character she wants from whatever age range she wants to cosplay it from. That is her depiction of the character. Maybe that's personally what she is connected to through this character. I don't know. I have no idea. But she is doing it clearly with consent. You know, she is doing it however she wants to do it. And, like, people always have to comment on stuff like that, which makes me upset because, like, why she like was don't there, look <laughs> like yeah i mean i'm thinking about going back to uh, kill a kill like was there a big out- outrage with like ryuko and those kind of characters because those characters are They're literally in high school, in high school yeah. and her on un- yeah. i feel like i've seen nipple with these cosplayers <laughs> like i'm serious <laughs> like so much under boob it's insane um, but yeah. I think the difference is the characters in Kill a Kill are extremely powerful. They are empowered women. They are fighting for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, where and like I don't understand where where the the disconnect is because Nezuko is doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, good point. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tenjin Tapaguren Lagan gets a lot more heat than Kill a Kill, even though Kill a Kill is arguably a lot more risque for, as you say, being a show about basically about high school girls getting naked in varying degrees. But I think both of these shows, in my mind, kind of rise above such criticism. You know, and I, I think with Tenjin Tapa Gurren Lagen, uh, the the main in the the thematic the main thematic thrust the the vibe of the show is you know masculinity taken to a point of, of absurdity. You know, so of course the main character is like weirdly homophobic. Of course, every girl gets like you know you know tits and tits and ass camera angles. Uh, because the whole thing is supposed to be like, oh, look at our like, you know, burning manly spirit that never dies, and, and we're just like so manly, you know. <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, this is not like some you know like wholesome portrayal of of masculinity or, or some like really nuanced portrayal of masculinity. It's not supposed to be. It's it, it's just a a. I mean, it's kind of absurd, and that's what makes it great. You know, that's why I like it so much. Um, Kill a Kill is also kind of like this absurdly manly fighting spirit. It's just about women. It's not like women can't have manly fighting spirits, too. You know, it's not like fighting spirit is really limited to men anyway. It just kind of rolls off the tongue, you know. But uh, I mean, the characters of Kill a Kill are, are, 
you know, cut of a similar cloth as the characters of Tunjin Tapa Gurren Lagann is, is not really about, um, it's not really about portraying reality or portraying this like nuanced sense of, of emotion or this, I mean, it's a blunt, these shows are blunt, you know, they're, they're very stupid, but in an artful way that hints at, at them being very smart in my opinion. So I, yeah, a bunch of pipe dreams, they're pipe dreams. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and, you know, if anything, I, I think Berserk is a much more in Berserk. I think of as being a, a not exactly a realistic show, but not really an unrealistic show either. You know, it's it's portrayal of masculinity and femininity, and it's it's portrayals of character relationships are hyper realistic. You know, they're just so intricately crafted, and, and uh, I think that does a much better job of, of like. I mean, there are no tits and ass shots in Berserk. You know, like, and by comparison, Gunnar Lagen is, is so blunt. And yeah, of course, there's going to be these like portrayals of, of men and women in these, these kind of like goofy ways that just play into the male gaze or play into our, our you know, kind of like tropes of, of hyper masculinity. There, there is a, a spicy little scene in um, Berserk. Um, uh, that guy who does hood reviews, he pointed this out. He's got a new series called uh, Black uh, Black Air. Is it hmm. no? What is it? Oh shit! I can't I can't misquote this. <laughs> um, it's like the new Nike shoe. Oh shit! Now I have to look this up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. We we're talking about. Uh casca a second ago right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as in as in going back to that because casca she's she gets naked mm-hmm. don't get me wrong she is naked black air but force it, black air force it's an, okay it's a, it's a i guess it's an issue <laughs> i'm out of touch um so he has uh, a it, it the series goes over like really cool characters essentially anyways he talks about um um Who's the silver-haired guy? What's his name? Guts? No. Griffith. Griffith. So mm. Griffith sells his sells his body to wealthy lords to fund their little mercenary group. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there is a very nice butt-cheek panel mm-hmm. in the manga. So, one ass. Also, yeah, Cos- also, yeah, Costco gets naked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, uh, you know, it's, it, I think, I mean, nudity, I mean, I get that Casca gets naked because she has sex with Guts, but I did not view that as being this, like, really provocative sex scene. You know, the, the goal here was not to titillate you with imagery of sex. The goal was to, you know, portray, you know, like convey the plot point that these two characters had sex and thus portray their growing intimacy and their growing romantic feelings and attachments to each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think kind of what we're saying here in all these um, critiques is that you really have to consider the Contact. character writing and the mm-hmm. story when you're criticizing what something looks like in anime because it is it's literally an art form 
It's, <laughs> so they're, we're telling more than just what's on screen. And, and I want to, I want to follow up with that with, with something that you and I discussed, Cristela, you know, which, which is uh, anime as an art form, but also anime as commercial product. And when we think about, you know, why there are so many shows that are, are just kind of like these trashy shows that portray women in whatever kind of way and, and are full of these fan servicey sexualized moments. Uh, I mean, these get created because there's a large audience in Japan for these kinds of shows. I mean, they're just consumer product. You know, it's a, a genre. I mean, when we think of anime in the 80s, uh, there were not really shows like that. You know, anime in the 90s, this genre of show as I see it, I don't think was really a thing. Um, but somewhere around the time of the 2000s, you know, these shows started, prop, you know, kind of um, coming up more often. And, and by the 2010s, that's just like uh, a part of the anime fandom is like, yes, we like these kinds of, you know, kind of trashy, hypersexualized shows, you know, that are full of like the main character falls into a girl's chest and then she stands up and he looks up at her underwear and whatnot and there's not really any particular meaning or plot point or metaphor to that we just like watching you know our generic male substitute being surrounded by sexual things all the time yeah i think Uh, mother's basement has a good history of harem anime that's pretty interesting to watch okay well maybe i think these are all the shows that i like i like all those shows well yeah no i I, I, they are i want to hear your thoughts amelia yeah well i I don't i don't think i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with this and so far as like i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with with porn as as a you know art form or commercial product either you know like i like uh I don't see anything inherently wrong in, in this little genre of show, but I do think that, um, you know, why why does this always happen in anime? Because these kinds of shows are very simple to make. They are not particularly expensive. They don't require a lot of resources. And there's a built-in audience that will consume them over and over again. So there's there's commercial incentive to just keep creating this particular genre of show and, and this particular product. Uh, and I, I think anime gets anime as a whole gets painted with an unfair brush because people often latch onto these shows as being like, Oh, anime is so degrading, you know, and it's so naughty and bad. You know, I mean, Hannah's, Hannah's all up on that shit. Right. But it's like, I don't know, man, like that's not the kind of shows that I watch. Like, they don't do that in Legends of the Galactic Heroes. They don't. They don't do that in Berserk. They don't do that in Kaiji. Like I, the, the, these things are like the this this problem is simply not on my radar from my personal anime experiences. You know, I've 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 been watching anime for a long time of my life now, and just like I don't know, I, I don't I don't. I mean, the most I ever see of this kind of stuff is like, oh, Nezuko got big boobies now. Mm. I mean, I, I don't see that as being a big deal. What about all the stuff in Monogatari? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Monogatari is, is a pretty artful kind of show, though. So mm-hmm. I I cut Monogatari franchise a pretty broad um, berth 
of, of movement here because that, mm-hmm. that is more than just the average harem show. Same. You know, that's a real, that's a real you know, work of art. Did you know, I read, a, I read a cool thing about the panty shot and its cultural significance in oh, Japanese shit. history. Oh, really? Do cool. you guys know about this shit? No, no please tell no, me. Please on. tell me because it's my okay. favorite panty shot ever. <laughs> I, I know. I remember you telling me that and now and when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, I, how much did these panties cost? Because I want them. <laughs> I know, right? Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> they they are beautiful. They are very detailed. Goodness. So panty shots, as we, as I feel feel like all of us know here, are like super common, very anime trope. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently, they have a richer history in Japanese history in in, in the context of Japanese history. So, like underwear is not was not a common, you know, was Western style underwear did not exist in Japan before Western contact. What right? do you wear? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Um, they might have was worn nothing? some sort of other types of underclothes or okay. nothing. Okay. So when I guess what is this, the Taisho era? Um when Western fashion, Western ideas are becoming um, kind of like a class concern. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we see a little bit about that. We see a little bit of this in in Demon Slayer, but I, I kind of I love this period of history because you can really see Japanese society kind of separating around the idea of class and and how Western. How, how Westerners are influencing the country. Um, so Western underwear panties are becoming like a status symbol. Um, mm. And when you Western style of dress is becoming a status symbol. Um, and I think I read an article and I could totally be misremembering this article. I will find it and post it in the discord um, where women didn't know how to sit with this new underwear and mm. their kimono. Mm. So like they're kind of man spreading um, and mm. you can see their panties and <gasps> it was like, Ooh, look, she's Spicy. got like, she's got like nice <laughs> underwear. Look at her, <laughs> look at her go. Uh, so not not just anime, folks. Interesting. Yeah, that's- I mean, there's panty sh- panty going back to uh, to to Joe. Uh, tomorrow's Joe. There is a. I mean, she's a young girl. Like, she, it, you know, she's. But there's. Pa- I was I was thinking about this. The show was made in the in the seventies, and there's random panty shots of this. You know, this little girl and. Uh, uh- I don't think it's sexualized at yeah, all. It's, one of, the, yeah, it's yeah. one of the side characters. Yeah. And I was just thinking about this in the context of like anime in general and like how far back does this go? And, you know, I'm thinking about uh, Cagliostro, I, I believe there was maybe one, but it's not like, like, Oh, here it is. Like, let's, let's, let's zoom on up in there and like get low. Yeah. <laughs> a low angle. So it was just like a, a, like a lift of the skirt and, and that's it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't remember the exact scene you're, you're talking about Jeff, but I, I remember, you know, the character that, that I think you're um, referencing is the, the young girl from the neighborhood that hangs out with Joe yeah. along with her, you know, several male um, young, young men compatriots. 
Uh, but yeah, like panty shots are clearly not meant to be sexual there. They're meant to Mm -hmm. be indicative of her youth, you know, that she's just like, Oh, look at this little kid. You know, she like has no sense of class, no sense of polite society. She just is like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. she's trying hard to be an adult, but she's clearly not an adult. And that's kind of for her, one of the basic, um, yeah, kind of framings of, of her character. One of her mm-hmm. basic character traits is like, oh, she wants, yeah. well, you know, she like acts like an adult and then fucks something up and everyone laughs at her and she gets pissed off. You know, she like is constantly striving to be an adult, but can't, you know, but she's still a child, so she can't ever do it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is worth yeah. mentioning too, though, bringing back to real world stuff that upskirt photography on crowded trains is a problem and sexual harassment and does occur in Japan yeah. very frequently. Mm-hmm. Truth, mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. That is true. That is very true. You know, there's always going to be some bad apples, you know, that make it unenjoyable for the rest of us. You know what I mean? Yes, I am. They give the rest of us who appreciate the panty shot bad names. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to bring up again that um, the eighties with, with cream lemon and I, we talked about cream lemon, I think during our gold golden boy episode mm-hmm. with, uh, with Matt and Audrey and uh, I'm pretty sure it was that episode. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But like just how far back it goes mm-hmm. and like how accessible these types of, like how accessible fan service shows were, and uh he style shows but they were all bought through you know a vhs or like mail ordered so you know they're not being syndicated on television necessarily yeah they're not being and maybe put a- into the hands of children i guess as because because streaming is yeah. so readily available and it you know like i i can't i i watched rated R movies before I was supposed to watch rated R movies. <laughs> like if, if people are going to yeah, watch things that yeah. like the, they they want to watch, they're going to find a way to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. So I really don't feel like it is the streaming service fault or like parental controls like need to be tighter so that children cannot watch shows like that. But like people are going to find a way. <laughs> Well, and let mm-hmm. me just say that Demon Slayer is not streaming on Netflix Kids. It's not on there. I looked. <laughs> mm. Mm. It's not? No, it's not. It is. I'm pretty what? sure it's a mature rating, honestly. Uh. I'm pretty sure it's a mature. But there's a lot of gore. Huh. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of beheadings happening. In yeah. The- yeah. Let's, yeah. We're not even talking about the amount of violence <laughs> yeah. that goes on in anime. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a Netflix Which we- Kids. Yeah, which well, we we like to censor a lot of stuff over here in the states, so uh, it makes sense that uh, mm-hmm. like One Piece, you know, One Piece has got a lot of censoring. Oh, yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, talking about you know big breasts. There's a lot of uh, female characters. Yeah. That- Wait, Crystal, is that the is that the anime? Is that the creator that you posted a picture of where it was just literally three <laughs> three big circles with an X, yes. and that's how he yes. makes yes. Characters? three circles in an X. And he was like, yeah, this is how I, well, and the, so Oda does these, um, uh, these interviews or like answers fan fan questions in the manga or in in certain issues. And somebody asked him like, Oh, why is Nico's name Nico? Is it because, you know, her name means, uh, round sphere. Cause she's got big boobs. And, (laughs) 
he said oh no i draw all female characters like that it's just two it's just three circles and an x (laughs) and he like he draws it on there and i'm like oh my god that's literally like it's kind of the laziest thing i've ever seen because because the the because the character only because the characters in one piece are so diverse there's a lot of there's a lot of different kinds of stuff going on in one piece um and you know i'm not knocking like simplifying character design but damn you could like come up with a couple other <laughs> body images in one yeah piece. yeah <laughs> one, one. yeah is, is it laziness or what well, I think it's uh, like stylistic choice because I will say I draw lewd girls all the time. I draw them for uh, my clothing brand. I draw them when like when I draw, I usually draw lewd girls. And uh, but I have like a certain standard that I draw them at. Like I don't like I don't like seeing um, characters portrayed that are really skinny. I just hmm. don't enjoy that as an aesthetic. So all of the characters that I draw usually have thick waist thick thighs like kind of thicker arms because i just don't personally want to look at tiny little arms you know (laughs) like i don't want to look at that so like my my like choices are based on like my preferences of like what i see so if he really loves tiny waists and big boobs like i get why you would draw all of your characters like that because for you that's the ideal you know yeah. Good point. You mean you don't you don't want to draw clamp style? <laughs> no. <laughs> Their legs are to- so long, like too Yeah, long. they are so like, long. <laughs> so long. <laughs> and I guess like that's another conversation in and of itself that like anime characters are literally you cannot like nobody looks like an anime character. There's no physical person that could possibly look like an anime <laughs> character. So like commenting on anime characters and how they look and how big their boobs are like it's unrealistic already <laughs> like I, high yeah. school dd for example already unrealistic mm-hmm. yeah uh, the and the unrealism is uh, something that Hannah and I got into along the way, she was making the point like, oh, why do all these anime characters look like white people? And I was like, yeah, I mean, they're not really supposed to be white people. They're just generic impressions of people. If you were a Japanese person watching this in Japan, you know, you would just assume that these people were Japanese because, mm-hmm. you know, it, in context, that is... You know, that makes sense. It's not like their high school is filled with white people. You know, their high school would be filled with Japanese people, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, they're yeah, just I like feel like generic, that is a generic 100% impressions of human beings. Projecting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of projecting your own kind of American sensibilities on, you know, cultural product of somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I'd... You go back as... I'd, I was just going to say, you go back as far as, as like woodblock printing and the, you know, the, the, the depictions of humans are not, you know, they look white, essentially. And I think whiteness is probably a, a goal to achieve. Well, white, at least like, as, as beauty standards paleness, in Japan, rather. they want to be as pale as possible. That's why there are right. lots of sunscreens. Like, they don't want to go outside. They don't want the sun to touch their skin because their ideal beauty standard is to be as pale as possible. Yeah, 
I think so, part of that is part of that is yeah class, and part of that is class, yeah, yeah part of that is American imperial cultural imperialism mm-hmm. for the last you know fifty sixty years or whatever. But I I do think I want to to move back to One Piece just for a moment. Yeah, One Piece is guilty as hell for the with this kind of stuff, um, but. It is what it is, you know. Doesn't really uh, detract from the story, in my opinion. Yeah, so and, is- and Nami and Nico both have very amazing, compelling story arcs. Yes, they exactly. are. They are they- members of Luffy's crew. They are very powerful. Yeah, com- the- compared to like some of the female characters in OG Naruto, who are basically just like propping up the male character arcs. Yeah. Oh, you're making a face. Do you disagree? <laughs> you no, know, I, I totally, no, I totally, I was thinking of how many. I was like, wow, there are so many. I'm like, Eno, Sakura, like literally uh-huh. all the girls, Hinata, like literally all yeah. the girls are just the, there for, for it to prop up the men. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is not, this is not the case in One Piece. I mean, One Piece clearly is not intending to like denigrate women in some way because the women are, are written as totally compelling characters with their own independent motivations and, and independent storylines. Uh, it's, I don't know why Oda's decided that there's only two kinds of women. He draws round, saggy and old or young versions of being round, saggy and old or yeah, the like two, two big, two big circles in a triangle with, you know, and, and all like every woman has the perfect hourglass shape, you know, it's one or the other. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why he has made this arbitrary decision. I don't actually think it's laziness. It might be. It is hard for me. Like, I certainly don't think it's like, oh, like, you know, these women characters just don't deserve anything more than, you know, my, my second rate, like based on the writing, that doesn't seem. Well, and surely he must have some sort of expanded thoughts on this. He's, he's one of the most celebrated mangakas on the planet. And he is, he is hmm. not a dumb person. Yeah. So he, uh, he, I don't know why he has decided it is to be this way, but if this is the worst part about One Piece, then you know that's fine, in my opinion. <laughs> hmm. Well, is there any other uh, points to be brought up that we want to talk about? I want to I want to ask Amelia all the questions. Okay, I want to I, I want to know your thoughts about I mean, shifting away from. Um, media that children might encounter. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about fan service stuff and like your favorite genres and <laughs> char- and character designs in that? Do you how do you come how how do you think about those kinds of character designs? So. I feel like my so my favorite genres in anime are usually fan service genres. I apparently I love harems because uh, some of my favorite anime that I like buy merch for and have merch for are harems like To Love Rue and High School DD and all of these women and even um, like the the things that happen in the anime are very 
fan service, probably don't need to be there, but there be boobies bouncing all the time. Um, and to me, I don't feel like, I just like don't, I guess I don't have like so many opinions about it. I just think it's cute. You know, like these girls are um, being cute on screen. Their outfits are cute. They seem like they are for the most part, depending on like the character or whatever, are confident in themselves and like what they're wearing. And uh, they are being themselves and getting attention for it, um, which I don't think is like, ooh, I'm trying to get attention from men because I want this character to like me, where like it is on the surface probably about that. But like to me, it's kind of not. It's kind of like empowerment. Like they feel comfortable enough to act a certain way and to be a certain way around not only like, other female characters in the cast, but also around male characters. Um, and I think a lot of that just stems from me personally, not having very good body image issues, like growing up. So I think, well, wow, look at this girl. She is so confident. She looks great. And she has a cute boyfriend. Wow. Like that's so cute. And he loves her so much, you know, like he wants to see every part of her. Like that is so cute. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's not more. It's not about, like, looting them or, like, being in sexual situations specifically. But it's about, like, the idea of confidence in yourself, you know? Okay. Rad. <laughs> I love that. So, like, when I see people that tweet about Nezuko having big boobs, I'm like, "What? I want to be her. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, <laughs> she is a badass female, and she is confident in herself, and she is doing whatever she can to help the people that she loves. And, you know, like, I don't know who wouldn't want to be that. It doesn't matter yeah. if her boobs are out. She could have tiny-ass boobs. I wouldn't care, <laughs> you know? Mm. They could be covered up. I wouldn't care. They could be flailing about totally exposed and i'd be like oh man <laughs> too bad that happened but it's the situation we're in <laughs> so would you say that the having these types of having fan service having tna on in characters and anime um has more of a positive effect on female viewers than a negative effect I think, yeah, and I think obviously it depends on the person, but I think for people that aren't confident in themselves, they can, especially through cosplay, I'll, like, I'll frame it that way, because, like, these characters can become, these people, like, people can become characters that they see on screen with confidence, and, you know, cosplaying is so personal because you're taking on the the like idea of that character and in turn can give you confidence in yourself, you know, like, especially with my dress up darling, she really has an attachment to this character and becoming her isn't like, Oh, I just want to do it for show. It's like very personal to her and why she likes the character and wants to like embody the spirit of that character, which is lewd. Yeah. Okay. But it's a little bit deeper than just being looted, you know? So mm -hmm. I think it can give confidence to people. It, it obviously it depends like on how you're, how you're raised because 
if you're not given like the foundation of body image or about sex, then like, yeah, you probably, you probably will have a more like negative outlook on it or like you'll take it in a way that could hurt you. But I think if you have a good head on your shoulders, like you can differentiate the difference between like porn and being looted and stuff like that. So no, it's on the, it's a viewer's responsibility to know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I agree. I don't think like it's 100% the content creator's responsibility to, uh, <laughs> now that I'm saying it, way less 100%, way less than 100%, the content creator's responsibility to curate what their viewers are going to think. Like that's mm-hmm. literally impossible. Mm-hmm. So that can't yeah. be faulted. Um, and any negative effects of this kind of medium I think should be approached through a real world um, some sort of real world resolution like Mm. I don't know. Yeah, like- because the, the also like <laughs> situations in in specific like uh, like harem and like fan service animes they don't happen in real life very often. It's not like the situations that you're going to encounter in your normal everyday life are going to mm. be exactly like this. So mm-hmm. like I feel like there has to be like one step removed from reality when you're when you're like consuming this kind of media. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You mean, so. you mean you mean Jeff doesn't have a harem? <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. You mean uh, you don't fall down right into a girl's panties every time you fall down? That's uh, wild. Yeah, Anime has uh, led me to believe this. Yeah. <laughs> and this happens all the time. You know, not not that we have to know the answer to this question, but I am curious and understanding if if there is any relationship between media, anime media, fan service, um, and like how bad sexual harassment harassment in Japan is, how misogynistic the society is, um. if it has any effect on like it if it has any effect on on boys and what they think mm. a, a a fem a woman should look like or what's appropriate for for somebody to do to a woman like I, I don't know if there's I feel any like connection. They just don't have very good education in that sense. There's no like, like, I don't know. Their society is is very different from ours. Women are empowered over here. Like, we'll we'll like speak out. You know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's tricky to try to ascertain from all the way in the USA. Yeah. You know, but I I, I wonder if the the analog over here would be mainstream hip hop and rap music. Like, do we mm. think that you know various I don't know, like Lil Wayne, Juvenile. I don't. Oh shit, Juvenile. I know. Yeah. You know, I really <laughs> wanted to be um, when I maybe this is telling of my character, but I really wanted to be in one of Juvenile's videos. I wanted to be a back that ass up girl. Yeah, I really I feel wanted that. to mm. back my ass up with Juvenile. 
I can understand that, but I, I'm, you know, they were so beautiful. Those <laughs> women were so beautiful, and Juvenile loved when they backed that ass up. That I wanted to enter yeah. back my. <laughs> oh, oh, did he love it? <laughs> that has resulted in some real world consequences, though. You know, the Brazilian butt lift surgeries that is were were really popular, and now I guess they're out. Kardashians getting mm. getting those butt implants taken mm. out. Yeah, um, I mean, do we? Uh, yeah, I, I guess when we think about whether anime uh, creates a feedback loop in Japan, uh, maybe we can get closer to that answer by looking at American culture and wondering, does mainstream hip hop create a feedback loop of, you know, cultural sexism here in the USA? Mm. That's a topic. Yeah. For another episode, <laughs> but I, I like I like that as a, as an analogy or as a parallel, but I, I did want to touch on the fact that, that I don't think anyone's really pointed out the fact that we are in the in the what do they call it the, the the entertainment district of the series, and this is the first time in the show where we actually start to see uh, like more sexualization or at least the idea of sexualization or like large breasts. And I don't know if that's. I mean, I would assume that's intentional, hmm. right? Yeah. Good point. They never they never address they never address it in the show they don't really talk about the you know the prostitution or anything like that that happened in japan and how Mm -hmm. barbaric it was during the during before um you know uh uh, pre-war pre-war japan um i'm I'm messing up the era but um just the idea that yeah like you were basically a slave if you're a woman and you worked in a brothel you were a slave yeah ultimately this is the first anime that i've seen that talked about how red light districts even were a thing and i actually i think that's really cool because like uh take shamurai shampoo for example there's a couple Mm -hmm. of scenes where that that take place in a red light district and that's never ever talked about i didn't know that the people you know people who worked in brothels were sold there by their family to like Mm -hmm. get money Mm -hmm. and that like they live there and they live there until they died like that's so horrible and sad and um, and Demon Slayer talked about that. So it's like, yeah, I would be mad yeah. at them showing some movies if they're going to talk about, like, the reality of the situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, each each of the three main characters goes to a different house to mm-hmm. as a woman to work in. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, I guess, um, you know, uh, there's a funny scene where um, our boys are picked to go in the replacement of... Uh, I can't think of their names. The three young girls at the um, training facility. Yeah, are they yeah. um, Shinobu's um, little sisters or something like that? Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, but they have like really small eyeballs. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were supposed to go to the brothels. Oh, no. And, and Tanji was like, no. Like, what are you yeah, doing? Like, literally, what are we you doing? We will go in their place. And... It makes me think of actually a One Piece too, a parallel with that, and how they got to go to, uh, you know, they're they're uh, um, Luffy and the gang are uh, playing different characters, uh, incognito or whatever, mm. to in the um, the, the latest arc. Um, but anyway, I don't know if that's paying homage to that or not. 
but I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, well, that, that reminds me, we never even talked about uh, Mr. Uzui's uh, po- polygamy. Oh. Yeah, w- once again, we see the return of, of one man, many wives, just like in Iron-Blooded Orphans. Why can't one girl have many husbands? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's what I want to know. It's <laughs> a good question. It's a, it's a question for the ages, you know? <laughs> yeah i mean i'm I'm gonna guess it's because they don't the people creating anime don't think there's enough market for that but yeah i'm i'm i feel like they'd probably be wrong like that would that's a good premise in my opinion yeah i mean well, japan is are- the capital of fetish and fetishizing yeah. things so yeah yeah <laughs> You know, you can go there to are a some cafe reverse where they'll yell at you. Jeez. <laughs> mm. That'd be hard for me to take. Are you sure? I feel <laughs> like you would love that. Women yelling at you? <laughs> Women being mean to you? Well, oh it, like, it's not, I don't want to be yelled <laughs> at. It's cool when they're like, kind of bitchy. But there's a difference between being kind of mean versus yelling at you. Okay. <laughs> Like we can keep our indoor voices. You <laughs> <laughs> can still be mean, but like be like monotone about it. Like you better do this. Like I like you know you you gotta have a you can embrace the uh, the ego a little bit more. Yeah, without yelling. Yeah, you know, demanding. Be demanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I want to suggest um, Dororo as another example of, or uh, well, they show um, a brothel, mm. right? that that what it's like to be in a brothel mm-hmm. um, and and live. And uh, well, and it's weird actually. Well, yeah, because the original was in the sixties manga, so that's that's a pretty early depiction of that. Um, I was just trying to think of other things that popped up in my head about that depiction. Uh, Christella. Yeah. But. Um, God. Yeah, I don't know. The biggest one that comes to mind is shampoo, Samurai Shampoo. That's. Mm. But. Sorry to, sorry to jump backwards, but I just, I was just like, I had to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> get, it out. get it out. <laughs> get it out. Um. Hmm. But yeah, three uh, three wives. Yeah, three wives. They uh, do they? I wonder if they have any. Well, we don't know what's going to happen to them or the husband. Well, he. <laughs> I mean, they they kind of did their little backstory of like, mm. oh, the shinobi were the shinobi sucked and they didn't. They treated <laughs> all their all their kunoichi like just I don't know as baby makers and you know they were just supposed to they lay down do their that lives in naruto too yes they kind of <laughs> fucking do that in naruto yo hinata in boruto all she does is stay at home just like, she's just a baby maker yeah <laughs> and it's like oh my god dude hinata is like the heir to this powerful fucking clan and she should be like a queen but she's just a homemaker instead. Okay, fine. That makes sense. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys watching Boruto? 
I watched like 40 you episodes know. of Boruto. Wow, that's more than me. I got like two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want. I really. Um. Well, I really wanted to see Sasuke, but yeah, no. I only. I came in for a couple of the Sasuke episodes, but then once I realized that they were not going to talk about Itachi at all, I was like, yeah. no, fuck Boruto. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> same. That and um, I don't think my couple got together anyway, so I was like, mm. oh, fuck, fuck Boruto. I do love seeing anything 1010 related because she's a really cool character. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but she was never really developed on. Yeah. True. I like the girl um, from The Sound. I forget her name. Oh, fuck. I forgot about her. Um, she was cool. Yeah. I love her. She's Everybody cool. that wasn't attached to a guy, he like never developed. Yeah. So. And they were always like way cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, talk about big boobs. Like Tsunade. Like literally the biggest boobs I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I I don't know. There's that lady in Dragon Maid. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well. With the jean shorts. <laughs> She's got some big boobs. Uh, cool. Yeah, we actually didn't we There's- haven't talked about any like characters that are purposefully sexualized and shouldn't be. <laughs> do you think that there are characters in dragon maid that fits that critique um i don't know Mm. ah because the one um what's i oh lukoa she her boobs are so big like (laughs) like yeah it's tough it's hard to say yeah because they're almost there for comic relief. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like more than anything else. Yeah. They're so big. They're hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but also is it okay? I am curious. Okay. And I don't really know much about harem shows, so you'll have to educate me, Amelia. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, is, uh, the, the pro tag, the center of the harem, the harem master, if you will, mm-hmm. is a lady, right? Yes, but she takes on a more masculine role. Is she like, what's the word? Um, um, coded as a male insert? Uh, like, I feel like it, but there's a, I feel like there's also an argument against it. But kind of a little bit, I feel like. Okay, because I was just... She's the breadwinner. Right. Cause she and she goes to work. Mm-hmm. Um and she takes care of everyone. And she has Toru who stays at home and takes care of the house for her. So yeah. like in a way. And she I don't think she cooks very often. Right. Mm. No. You know, she doesn't cook. So. And her um her like sense of style is um very more masculine than yeah. any of the other girls like all of the other girls wear cute dresses cute skirts cute outfits like whatever hmm. huh. I, I wouldn't think a dragon maid as being a harem show well uh it, i guess technically it would be a reverse harem because the um the harem center is a female but if she's coded yeah, as well, male does it count well, I, I just didn't. I just didn't really get a sense of harem dynamic. I mean, it's not like all of them were lusting to be in a relationship with 
uh, with our main character. I mean, one of the dragons just straight, straight up buggers off and goes hangs out with somebody else the whole time. He just sits around playing video oh. games with his, with his new. Well, best I feel friend. like there's like a rule. There's like a three a three person rule to make it a harem. So you have like Toru, who like absolutely wants to date. Yeah, Kobayashi. definitely. Yeah, uh, and I feel like um, uh, what's her name? Elma doesn't necessarily want like Elma and Kana both like necessarily don't want to date her but they want to be in her presence like Mm -hmm. their lives are made better by her being in it and so they want to be around her we're chilling yeah yeah well i think that's different than i mean i guess i'm i'm thinking that you gotta you gotta want to date the person for this to really be a harem Hmm. well yeah like i said i I don't watch a lot of harems so i just thought this was a harem (laughs) i mean it can it can i feel like you can take it as a harem because there are a lot of subtexts. I can also take it as like, oh, these girls are just all friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could do that too. <laughs> yeah, that's how I took it. But who knows? Because yeah. maybe they'll all turn around. You know, we don't know the end of the story yet. I guess but- I just didn't think that harems necessi- necessarily ha- required there to be a romantic element. Oh, I thought that was the whole point that like you're just surrounded by, you know, like the, the, the stereotype of like, oh, you know, I'm just some dopey guy with no particularly interesting or redeeming qualities yet. I'm surrounded for whatever magical reason. I'm, I'm just surrounded by all these, you know, lavish women that just, just want to date me and, and, you know, be romantic with me, be sexual with me, you know. It's all they want to do. I'm just surrounded by women that throw themselves at. <laughs> There's a little bit more nuance to it than that, Dan. Oh. Goodness. Has it evolved since Tenchi? Has it evolved? Has it evolved yeah. since uh, Urusei Asura? Yes. I feel oh, okay. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I'm just out of date with, with you know, how the genre's played out. <laughs> I can recommend some good well, ones. Yeah, I'm kind of. I guess I'm still in the past when I think of harem. That's what I. I just picture that's polygamy essentially, or the dopey main character who self insert. Mm. That's the purpose of them. Is like you get all you get all your favorite anime, all your favorite female anime characters in one in one show. You get to choose. Yeah, you have the power to choose. Mm. But then, like their um, their emotions grow over time. Hmm. Hmm. At least in the newer in the newer harem. So how how sure. has a harem how has the harem genre um, developed over the past ten fifteen years in your opinion? Well, I think bef- I think like earlier earlier harems were definitely more about just getting together. Like which girl is going to actually end up with this mm-hmm. this male character? And it is absolutely one hundred percent sexually driven. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Like Orimo, Orimo, yeah, harem. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> is it sexually driven? <laughs> um, Felt that way to me. Mm. And I liked it. I feel like maybe I'm just like, oh, they're so <laughs> cute. They see the good in everyone. <laughs> they see the good in this man. This man is so good. 
(laughs) (laughs) But then you have like, then you have like really nice harem shows that are like reverse harem where you have this like cool girl that like has all boys falling for her. And she's like, nah. Like don't, don't kiss me, kiss him. Yes. That one's so good. So, so, so good. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about talking about kiss him, not me. Yes. Oh, kiss him, not me. Yeah. Um, we love. And talking about body image in anime, and how that could be sort of a critique of, or that is a theme in Kiss Him, Not Me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally have not watched the show. I was just recommended to it by a coworker. Oh yeah, you should absolutely. It's a good one. It's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she is a very large girl and then gets skinny and then all the boys fall for her. But she doesn't necessarily like that. Mm. The name of our podcast is Anime uh, Taku Anime Host Club based on Oren High School Host Club. Is there a correlation here? With harem. Um, I like it. (laughs) Yeah, is that considered a... <laughs> so you're saying that anime is the guy and we're all lusting for anime's affection and you know, romantic attention. Yes. Just a little bit. You guys need yes. a body pillow um collection. Ooh. With all our bodies on it? You <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> said yeah, which, which one? Which one of the three of us would you want to, you know, lie next to and spoon in bed? Oh, oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> it's going to be part of the Patreon package. Yeah. God level tier. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, for yeah, for a hundred for a hundred bucks, you can get a picture of me and Jeff asleep and spooning it. I'm pretty we sure you can share just... the bed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can just set up a red bubble and make some body pillow covers. Oh, that's absolutely <laughs> true for sure. Uh. Yes, throwing us some ideas. <laughs> yeah, is that is that a good gag Christmas present? Oh, it'd be hilarious! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is it? The anime brothers they got they had their uh, t-shirt giveaway you guys can have a a body, body pillow, pillow drawing pillow. yeah <laughs> <laughs> hmm. i like this i just imagine george costanza you know sprawled out or Jeff Goldblum for that. Oh, Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. is hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd get a body pillow of him. But like younger Jeff they... Goldblum, like in the fly, not like older Jeff Goldblum. Uh, the older ones, I think pretty hot too. Oh. Uh, yeah. I was watching Search Party on, on HBO and oh, uh, I... he's in this. Have you <laughs> yeah. seen it? Is it? Yeah. He's he's the last his last season. He's in, uh, in, in it along with uh, John Waters. Mm. And uh, he looks pretty good. Yeah, it's. That is a weird show. That is a it's very strange. Very weird show. Anyway, um, yeah, Nezuko. Consensus. Yeah, consensus. Don't tweet about things you don't know about. I'm just yeah. saying. 
Shut the fuck up. You're going to make um, Annie yeah. Twitter very angry <laughs> with your ignorance of anime characters and their empowerment of themselves. Anime boobs, nine out of town. Ten, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> anime boobs, ten out of ten. We'll watch again. <laughs> yeah, what do they say? Stay in your lane, stay in your court, whatever. Stay in your lane. Perhaps yeah. in this perhaps this is a, a good example of that. I don't know. I I I can see the concern. I feel like people especially teachers have uh you know, obligation perhaps to uh you know guide their students or whatever have have the best possible outlook for their mm. students and maybe this is their way of of uh, doing that mm. protecting them this is not a productive avenue though i say maybe private yeah. your account keep your thoughts to yourselves if you're a teacher <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah this won't be the last time this this discussion will happen i'm sure to to the point of the earlier part of the show yeah, but. wasn't this uh, this was a hot topic for Goblin Slayer, right? Well, that's oh, really? because in that was an R scene. Yeah, in its oh, own that was an R scene. I feel like that's a little bit different. Yeah, isn't Ooh, isn't Mugen Train rated R? No, like it's a it's a. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. Goblin, oh, Goblin Slayer okay. having yeah these uh, kind of like. Uh, Cheap portrayals of sexual violence, yeah, in a in a way. That- Whereas, like Berserk does it tastefully, Goblin Slayer does it completely distastefully. <laughs> mm. I didn't watch Goblin Slayer. Yeah, it's not bad either. after the first episode, but I wouldn't. You know, whatever. Huh. Didn't seem relevant to me. Mm-mm. I am hoping that Doro Hidoro comes out with another season. And if not, it will have to be a manga that I read. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I was attracted to watching Demon or Goblin Goblin Slayer because of the gratuitous gore. Big fan of gory stuff. Same. Um, so I thought, ah, this might be cool, but then I never gave it a shot. Mm. I think yeah, I think we covered all the bases. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for inviting me on the show and uh, want to talk about this kind of stuff. I feel like um, this kind of conversation, this mm-hmm. level of conversation, doesn't uh, doesn't happen enough. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank you all for giving me the opportunity oh. to come on and and rant about this rage tweet. No, oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I feel like we need people that want to talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. We could only do it because of you. You know, mm-hmm. you're so smart, and it inspires us to level up a little bit. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, if you want to have conversations like this with us in between episodes, go ahead and head into our Discord server, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, watch our faces on YouTube, and support us on Patreon. Like Johnny C, <laughs> our first patron. <laughs> uh, links to everything are in the show notes or on our website, otakuhostclub.com, and we will see you in the next episode. And my boobs will be even bigger. Oh, shit. Maybe (laughs) mine, too. A girl can only hope. (laughs) Life goals. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's Scotty.